What's up, my people? Three things back with y'all for another episode of the All Things Maitland Podcast. Today, we are going mobile. We are transporting, teleporting in time from west side Cincinnati across the border over to Indiana. Nah, uh, I just had to record while I'm driving, guys. Uh, my schedule's pretty fucking packed today. And I didn't want to have to do it while I drive just because I didn't, you know, want the background sound of a car and car drive by interfere with quality. But I was like, you know what, bro? The quality's already fucking low anyways, so fuck it. We're just going to wait because we got some pregame fucking hype to go through. Some pregame hype to give out to y'all. So listen, a lot of interesting things have transpired today. Um... One of the most interesting things I will dive into towards uh, the middle of the episode, but actually, no, shit, I'm looking at my list here of notes, and it's uh, one of the first things I'm going to get into, and the injuries, and why they're so significant for this weekend's matchup facing Andy Kryptonite. You sure as hell hope he is not Kryptonite to this thing team again. He's kicked our ass when he's played for us. Kicked our ass when he's played against. Sorry, y'all. Got a phone call. Um, Andy Kryptonite. He's kicked our ass when he's played for us. He's kicked our ass when he's played against us. It is absolutely insane that a backup quarterback has managed to coincidentally spot start three different times, three years in a row against his former team, and beat them each year with different teams. Like, that is insane. It's funny because I called this forever ago that I could have just seen it happening. As soon as Andy signed with the Saints, I was like, holy shit, we play them. I could see a scenario to where Andy Dalton, he's getting paid $10 million this year. If I'm not mistaken, there's a reason why he's getting paid legitimate backup money in case if Jameis was, you know, being mid, they were going to have Andy replace him. But unfortunately, uh... For Jameis, he went down with injury, which is why Andy is spot starting. But what a crazy scenario that it's actually come to fruition. Uh, Jameis Winston is not the only injury, though. So, uh, their receivers, they have a nice trio of receivers, but a shell of themselves. Uh, really, more so names anymore, as, if, as with most of the league is. Michael Thomas, shell of his older self, uh, and Jarvis Landry, veteran, shell of his former self. They are both out. They were declared out. And I'm not going to dive into my predictions right now because I like to leave that for the end of the episode. But why it connects with this, all y'all that probably saw my post, I made my predictions post just probably four or five hours ago. The official report, uh, injury report for Sunday, came out literally like fucking 30 minutes to an hour later after my post it completely derailed my predictions I knew there was a chance Michael Thomas, Jarvis Langer and Chris Olave were not going to play I knew there was a chance but I just went ahead and put them down anyways if there was a world where they did here's what it looked like my predictions are completely different now but um, I know they're not that important but you know for the episode I like to think they are but with the injuries, Michael Thomas is out. Jarvis Landry is out. Chris Olave is questionable, and it's a legit question. It's a big burning question because 
with the debacle, with the concussions right now. He suffered a real one last week. He's been questionable all week, has barely practiced. I don't even know if he's practiced this week. Uh, man, I got a picture of like half the injury report here, but I didn't see if he ended up practicing on Thursday. But there's a real chance none of their starting trio starts. They have nobody that is legit beyond those three guys, as most teams. But, I mean, Marquez Galloway, Marquez Galloway, like, uh, it's something like that. Like, he's fine. He's a dude. He's like uh, he's like Noah Brown for the Cowboys, who obviously posed some problems for us at times. But, dude, that's not going to destroy you off the ball. Obviously, he's not a legit starter in this league, but he's a quality backup. Their backup receiver's out, uh, out as well. Um, Deontay Harvey, Deontay Hardy. Um, and he is a key special teamers for them. So that is certainly a hit for them. Um, so, oh, and I think the biggest one, the biggest one, Marshawn Lattimore, all pro talent, is out. Guys, listen, that secondary is suspect. They've got names. They ain't real dudes, though, anymore. You got Bradley Roby and, um, and, um, Fuck, his name is slipping me. Um, Coleman. Roby Coleman. Roby Coleman. Wait. So, uh, the dude that played for the fucking Rams. Uh, he's a shell of his former self. So is Bradley Roby. Tyron Matthew, um, he's obviously in the game. That's a big deal. Quality guy. Marcus May is still out. I think he's out for suspension. Or maybe he came back after this six weeks. That's a nice safety tandem when they're going to play together. Marcus May has yet to play for the Saints. Uh, but nonetheless, that se- uh, that secondary suspect with those guys, with Marshawn Lattimore playing, they have been suspect this year. They've let up a lot of points. They've let up a lot of yards, but that's still a quality defense. Uh, really good linebackers. Paul Warner, nice. And uh, DeAndre, um, Deon- DeAndre Campbell. Yeah, that's his name. Wait. How the fuck is his name? I, I think that's the Packers linebacker. Uh, Demario Davis. Demario Davis. My bad. My bad. Not, not DeAndre Campbell. Yeah, he is the uh, Packers linebacker. But Demario Davis. Really, really good linebacker. But he's older. And he hasn't done that good as sideline to sideline. And, um, you know, zone, coverage. You kind of expect that from an older guy. You know, they get a bit more pedestrian, you know, have a bit more trouble in their breaks and their pursuit, you know, things like that. Um, so, in their interior pass rush, their interior defense ranks at the bottom of the league. They have nobody. They have nobody right now. Um, uh, Cam Jordan, still really good, but he's a shell of his former self, who is a Hall of Fame caliber talent. So, certainly nothing to scoff at. Um I'd say he definitely brings you more juice than a guy like a JPP, who was a number one. JPP was not a number one for the Ravens. Odafe Owe was. But you're talking about an edge tandem. Um, and Cam Jordan and uh, Marcus Davenport, who are competent. But they're not legit game records anymore. They're not. Um, Marcus Davenport has never been that guy. He's nice, though. Nonetheless, this O-line is getting better each and every week. Lael was not on the injury report this week. He took a veteran day off. Um, that back is still causing problems, but it's not anything. It, listen, 
We know it. But we often forget it. There's injuries that go on all the time that are not reported. They'll shove it under the rug. There's ways to be, you know, legal with that around the league. You know, but like, there's a lot of shit that's under the rug. L's back injury is one of those things. It's a legit thing. It's a lingering thing. It's like every single play, I don't think it's fucking completely hindering him. Or else he probably wouldn't be playing. But, it's a thing, but not a big enough thing for him to be held out of practice this week. Other than his veteran day off. And kind of the routine thing. His veteran days, plural. Off. Your line looks good. Um, Jonah... He, he was full today, which is really impressive. Just the craziest part. Um, great work by the insiders that were able to you know speak to him in the locker room this week. He was really transparent with what transpired on Sunday night. It's fucking crazy that a dude's kneecap, a 320-pound dude's kneecap, dislocated, moved to the side of the leg, whatever cartilage damage, it wasn't too severe. He got an MRI. He got works during... Uh, uh, after he went to the locker room after the injury, came out with a fucking knee brace on, managed just to finish the game after his knee dislocates. I mean, think. listen, it's different if your elbow or, or wrist or finger dislocates, bro. When you are planting on your leg and that shit dislocated, talk about the discomfort and the pain. What a dog Jonah was to fucking ball. And he balled the fuck out that second half, by the way. He had one of his best halves after dealing with a fucking injury like that. He was a full go today, which is great, and he's expected to go. Zach said he's expected to go. T was more of a question. Of course, that doesn't mean he can't play. Um, T is still listed as questionable, though. Um, He was practicing today. I think he was limited, though. My 10,000-foot overview, as I haven't really gained a ton of insight on it, You're expecting that they're really precautious with T. And they may not rush him back this week now because of the injuries with this Saints team. I didn't really get to finish up my my complete point with the Saints injury report and just the magnitude, the the ripple effects, the waves that these injuries have caused. Your best players, Michael Thomas, who's, you know, a shell of himself, but still a premier player on that offense. They want him to be that guy, and I think he can. He's got some left in the tank. Your premier players on offense and your best player on defense, Marshawn Lattimore, are out. That secondary is suspect with all-pro, all-star talent in Marshawn Lattimore. It's like taking, it's like the Rams defense without Jalen Ramsey. The Rams secondary without Jalen Ramsey. Imagine that. That was Buns. Buns McGee. That's kind of how this, like, with more names, but old guys. Maybe they're not going to be as urgent to rush T back this week. Maybe they're going to be like, you know what, Michael Thomas, since their Michael Thomas is out, fuck it. We're putting our Michael Thomas in. Fuck it. We're putting our other Michael Thomas in. Trivia question for y'all. Who's going to have a better game this week? Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, or Michael Thomas? Let me know. (laughs) That's a crazy thing, man. That's got to be a record in this league. Uh, I'll probably make a post on that or some shit just because it's cool. Funny content. Three dudes of the same name playing in a game. That's crazy. But, um, nah, the injuries are huge, man. Like, I don't know how urgent it's going to be to get T in the game. 
because of this. Because their secondary is already extremely suspect. And um, it's like, do, do we need them that much? Yes, we need to produce our best. We need to prove to ourselves for our confidence, for proof, just to continue to add on to who we are to dominate this game. But I think we could do it without them. So, um, those are pretty much the most significant injuries, guys. Uh, there's really nothing too much. Um, but massive, guys. Fucking massive. That really, really changes the landscape of how I see this game transpiring. Like, completely, guys. Completely. I mean, we, we have one of... Probably the best producing secondary in, in the league... It is very important with how I worded that. Don't misconstrue it. They are not the best secondary, which I think they are up there for some of the best. Probably top five, top three. But they are the best producing secondary in the league. I mean, you have three corners that are top of the league in uh, single coverage without allowing a touchdown. Marshawn Lattimore, what a coincidence. It was at 70. Uh, that led the league. Second was Chidabe, I would say. Tied for third, Eli Apple. They have not allowed a touchdown in single coverage this year in 66 coverage snaps. I mean, single coverage. So what's really impressive about that is the reality of Jesse Bates and Lou Anarumo help Eli Apple. And same with Cheeto. You know, not saying that Cheeto's just some, you know, completely, you know, immortal dude that's absolutely locked down and elite no matter his situation but Eli does get support in these scenarios though he does not I mean single coverage just single coverage that ain't no cloud it ain't no fucking you know Jesse Bates stacking on top Von Bell you know linebacker support nothing that's just flat out man to man single coverage are they catching a touchdown on you man to man Nope. I mean, that's the best part about Eli, y'all. Like, the stats prove it, bro. Like, what are we talking about? We ain't just spitting hype. Why, I am, I'm the leader of spitting hype about Eli Apple. We know that. But he walks it. That's the best part. That's the best fucking part, yo. We're not speaking by faith that Eli Apple can be good today. Oh, man, we hope Eli Apple's going to be good because we love him. Nah, we love Eli Apple because he's good. Cut that shit. Quote that. Be things. We don't pray that Eli Apple plays good. He's good, and that's why we love him. So, you got a good producing secondary going against, I mean, Chris Olave as the only guy? Okay. Fine. He ain't no Jamar Chase. He ain't going to wreck a game by himself. Shit, Jamar Chase ain't going to wreck a game by himself with how our offense is producing right now. How lackluster we're being. You like that shit. You like that. I mean, you got Alvin Kamara, though, who is going to cause problems. I love Kamara. Dude, I'm glad Andy's... I'm glad Andy's fucking playing. I'm glad he's producing well. It seems like he's at home in, you know, in New Orleans. Um, but we've got all the firepower to contain this offense now. I mean, they've got their hands tied behind their backs. They have a lot of moving parts of that O-line. They're injured. They're banged up. They're just a banged up team. They're just banged up, man. So, 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, I probably exacerbated the point with the fucking injuries, but you guys understand, it completely changed the landscape of this game. And I think we're going to route this fucking team because of it. I think we are going to route this team because of it. Um, and we're just flat out better. So, on another note, practice f- facility looks fucking sexy, beautiful, really nice, cool, simple, and it is not permanent. That bubble is temporary. Uh, that was just to make sure we had it done in time for this year. And they got it done at a great time. They got it done early. So, good for them. Um, perfect timing as the weather's cooling down here in beautiful Cincinnati. Uh, they're going to have it ready, you know for January and hopefully February, you know, um, actually eh, for February period, cause we're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know what I was saying there. I was thinking a little bit, uh, pessimistically, but so to get into some of the X's and O's guys, what do the Bengals need to do to win? Well, I think what we need to do to win is what I've noticed. And it's actually important for me to know. My point was saying earlier this week that the biggest reason for our detriment or the biggest detriment to our um, hopeful high-octane offense was Zach Taylor and Zach Taylor, period. I was wrong. It's not just Zach Taylor. It was the production of this off uh, or of the run game. With the run game being as pigeon-held as it was, I mean, it it suffocated everything. It suffocated everything. It allowed these defenses to be so confident in playing a shell coverage and playing back and putting more guys back in coverage because we were unable to run the ball even in a light box. With how last weekend transpired, though, and this team able to produce and cut the Ravens with the light box, that is fucking massive. And it can really help this team. Um just be much more effective for this weekend you know so while I think the play calling and the scheme is number one the run game really pigeon held shit so I think that's important for me to add um but I think we need to we've done a lot of things right this year at different times but what's promising is that we've done them right We've had a game where we had the run game going. We had a game to where we had some deep shots. We had a game to where we were able to stretch a defense in different coverages, in cover two, and cut them up, and produce highly. We had every single fucking game this year that the defense has been quality. Now, I will add this. This is actually uh, a left field note, but important. This is insane, guys. In each of our losses this year, Joe Burrow led game-winning drives. In each of our losses. And our defense gave up points to lose. Uh, shout out to Der German Bengal. Der German Bengal. On Twitter. Um, he posted that. And that was just great content. And it, it, it really opened my eyes. Like holy shit. Like Joe Burrow. I mean as we know him to be. We had a 10 point deficit. And two 14 point deficits. In each of those games. We led them back to tie or lead. When it mattered most. But our, you know, our defense failed us at that exact moment. That is a detriment of us. But to turn it to the positive and back to my point, 
with how we've had a lot of good things go right at different times, which caused our inconsistencies, it's still there. When it matters most, your team comes up clutch at different times, though. So with all those moving parts, there's still parts that have moved. That's what's great with this team. It's easy to lose the sight of that when you're two and three. But we know what we are. This is the second best roster in football. Not not even the second best just regarding talent. But as I've, you know, belabored the point many times. This team has all the pieces to be a great team. It is just not fired on all cylinders yet. It is fired on all of the cylinders at different times, but not fired on all cylinders at the same time yet. You know what happens when there's one piston that's misfiring in an engine? It gets fucked up and ruined. That's kind of how we've been. we got to get all of our pistons in a motherfucking line, firing at the same time. And I think that's what we can do this week. I think that we're going to be able to put a lot of strain on this Saints secondary. I think we're going to be able to produce and get a lot of runs producing up the middle. We've had our best production with our, or with our interior O-line. And that Saints defensive interior is bad. It's bad. So that's a big advantage. I think that we need to get the run game established. And we need to be patient like we have. Joe needs to be playing fundamental, sound, consistent football like he has. And I think our opportunities will be there. Because you have a secondary that is suspect. That is going to have a big disadvantage. Even if T. Higgins is not in there. Even if T. Higgins is not in there. You hope he is. But he doesn't need to be. All right, so I think that's going to be a big advantage for us on offense. Um, And with our defense, you really like your matchup. I liked our matchup anyways uh, with our secondary versus their wide receivers. Not saying that their wide receivers would not produce. I think they would have. And Andy Dalton's, he can get the job done. But, I mean, now that you're losing four of your top five receivers potentially, like certainly losing three of your top five, you lose your five, your... 1.5, 1.5, I'll call Mike Thomas 1.5, um, and your receiver two, receiver three, and Jarvis Landry. That's a huge deal. So um, I think our secondary is going to be able to hold up well. That offensive line is nice, but we get pressure. I think we're going to be able to produce. I don't think we're going to absolutely dominate that offensive line because it's competent, but however much you're able to get Andy Dalton uncomfortable, that plays into our wheelhouse. Um, I think our linebackers are going to play quality, sound defense, as they always do. Our coverage is going to be really well. And um, their run game has had some success this year, but not a ton. Ama Kamara has not been able to get going that well. So that's an advantage right there. And our run defense is really good. So you like a lot of those things. Um, play sound defense. Uh, play in a shell coverage. Let everything underneath because they love Hucking it deep to Chris Olave. They love it. He has 15.62 yards per reception. That leads all rookies in the league, according to PFF. Um, And he has the highest um, yards per per target in the league at 5.7, I think. I'm sorry, guys. I I shouldn't be guessing numbers like this. I'm trying my best. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, though. They like throwing it deep to him. And I think we're going to be able to defend that well. So you like that. Um, To go ahead and and get into the predictions, I need to wrap this up soon. 
Um, look, just a few hours ago, I posted saying 24-20 Bengals. I'm changing it. It's going to be 31-13 Bengals. Just with three of their top five receivers officially being out, your all-pro cornerback being out, in a in a secondary that that all-pro cornerback was making much better, like the Jalen Ramsey effect to the Rams defense. If you would take away Jalen Ramsey of the Rams secondary, that's a bad secondary. That's this secondary without Marshawn Lattimore. And you're going against the best trio in football that this league has seen in a long time. Even if T is at 100%, even if he is not playing, you still can have a lot of production there. You can take educated, not educated, better term, calculated shots. Um, I think that's going to transpire. I'm not even going to say the Saints predictions, my stat predictions, because obviously I had Michael Thomas, Jarvis Langer, and Chris Olave with the stats. Nandy Dalton, that's all going to change now. Um, but I will go through with what I can see from Joe Burrow in this Bengals offense. Um, I see Joe Burrow going 27 for 37, 317 yards, three tutties, one pick. Um, I can see Joe Mixon getting back on track, guys. 108 total yards on 23 rushes, three receptions, and a tutty. He gets in the end zone for the second time this year. Um, Jamar Chase, he's going to do his thing because he's that dude, period. Nine receptions, 121 yards, and touchdown. Uh, T. Higgins, if he plays, of course, it's a big thing. I could see six receptions for 70. And then TB, I think he's going to produce a bit more than he has so far. Five receptions, 66 yards for one touchdown. We got a lot of advantages, guys. Let's just go fucking win. We got to win the next eight of 10. I'm religious about that. Win the next eight of 10. And there's some very winnable games, guys. This team could really realistically go back, go on a 5-0 and run if they play their quality of football. They don't have to play top tier to win five games in a row. They don't. They just have to play quality, sound football in all facets, offense and defense. You know what that looked like? The Miami Dolphins game. That is quality, sound Bengals offense. We have not seen high octane. We have not seen high octane since week 17 of last year. That was high octane. But you have a team that has advantages in all facets of the game. Play as such. You go on, you get the win here, you go to 500, and you're facing a team like the Falcons, the Browns, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Steelers in the next five games. You can win them. Play as such. All right, y'all. Appreciate you guys for listening to the All Things Bengals podcast. Um, This is the pregame episode. Hope y'all have a good weekend, and um, let's get a fucking dub on Sunday. Let's get it. Peace.